Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. On Bud Friendly, here's your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, it's Mark Striegel hanging out with John. We are here doing another episode of Talking Metal in Midtown Manhattan. John, how are you? I'm doing good, Mark. For some reason, I'm like laughing, and we haven't even started yet, so it's kind of funny. Very nice. Um, yeah, I'm laughing, too, because what a debacle uh, the Ethan Broche interview was. We, we went down to the... Yeah, this guy, a great guitar player, by the way, Ethan Broche, was down opening for Engve, I was basically chip called or emailed and was like, do me a favor and please go down and interview this guy. Uh, he's a great guitar player. You'll love him. And we did. We went down and we loved his playing. We caught his set opening for Engve in New York. Um, he comes off stage. I'm like, hey, we're here for the interview. He's like, I'll be right back. John and I, like two schmucks, are standing backstage just drinking beer, waiting for this guy who never comes, comes back. And we're you know, we've in, we've interviewed Ingve twice on the show, and we're basically could have probably interviewed Ingve that night, but we're blown off by his opening act, Ethan Broche. Yeah, you know what happened was Ethan had to go over to the merch booth, and I believe that you know it helps sell merch if he's over there and he's meeting fans and stuff like that. But what happened was I'm not sure if he really knew that he was really supposed to be back there to do the interview, which would also help sell records and different things like that because I think he knew it because I told him. I mean, uh, you're you're I'm, you're you're being diplomatic and defending the guy. As we were walking out, I saw him after waiting an hour for the guy. I saw him basically standing there, look just looking at the floor at the merch booth. So I, I guess uh, he found that more important than uh, ta- you know doing an interview with the most listened to, according to iTunes heavy metal hard rock podcast in the world who interviews people like Ingve, Tom Kiefer recently, Tommy Thayer, Kiss, Ozzy's been on twice, Ace Frehley, Halford, you name it. Um, but uh, Ethan Broche thought it was more important to go hang out uh, at his merch table and for an hour and kind of just leave us stranded. We have you know, computers and mics set up in the backstage area. And who should wander back? Ethan Broche's drummer, a nice guy by the name of John Anthony, who I've emailed now twice and gotten no response from him, uh, trying to get some music that the guy plays on that we can play 
after this interview. Now, this guy, John Anthony, told us he only recently joined Ethan Broche's band, and uh, we interviewed him by default, considering we were just sitting backstage twiddling our thumbs, which was cool, because I would wait backstage, and you'd go out, watch a little Ingve, then you'd come back and wait, and I'd go back and watch a little Ingve, and we had photo passes, so we actually got some really great shots of Ingve. Um, and Engve, what a showman that guy is. But anyways, by default, we ended up interviewing some guy. We had no idea who he was, but he uh, was a good drummer, and we had seen him play with Ethan Broche. His name's John Anthony, and John did most of the interview. You hear me chime in a few times, but we're about to check that out. Yeah, John was a, a cool guy, and, I, you know, I'm a drummer, and I just started talking to him about drums, and then Mark was like, hey, we ought to be taping this, so that was uh, pretty cool. And uh, it was uh, just like a good chat, and uh, it was just like, you know, three guys hanging out, just talking. And, and so we had a great time interviewing John. And I also really liked, you know, the fact that, if anything, at least we got to go and check out Ingve, you know, right up close with the photo passes. And I got a little, little bit of video. We got to see if there's any way to post that on our YouTube page. And uh, because it was pretty cool, I got about a minute or two of video. And uh, so anyway, we had a fun time, but... We also have to talk about some of the shenanigans that happened earlier in the day. Oh, yeah, that was just a, a fucked up day. Uh, I mean, I interviewed Hal Storm that day and lost the interview file. Uh, great interview with, with Lizzie and Joe from Hal Storm and didn't, didn't record. Uh, well, it recorded. I don't know what happened. Anyways, the, the file. It wasn't Mark's fault. It was just some kind of technical glitch. And so that was part one of what happened. Yeah, which I kind of mentioned on the last podcast, but uh, then I lost my computer, my, you know, $2,000 MacBook, uh, <laughs> and it was retrieved and found by our good friend Ken Pierce at <laughs> Talking Metal. That was just a fucked up night, man. Yeah. I mean, if I would have, that, if uh, my wife would have fucking killed me if I lost that computer. Yeah, and believe me, I'm used to doing that kind of stuff. That normally sounded like it was a John kind of a story because I have lost a computer in a cab. Technically, the, I watched the cab driver speed away with the computer, so that was like a, an issue. I've uh, lost numerous other things. I once lost a talking metal mic, which this is a replica of that same mic. Had to go back the next day looking on a 17th Street and like 12th Avenue for the mic to not find it. So, slipped out of a bag. So, I'm the one that usually loses stuff, so I was... Like I knew how Mark felt, and I also knew that if he lost that man, that would he would have just it would have been a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a real bad thing. Luckily, Ken Pierce, our good friend at piercingmetal.com, found that, or is it piercingmetal.net? I have no idea. I'll link it through today's show notes. Ken's I think site. It's .net. Okay, there you go. And uh, here's an interview with a guy named John Anthony who has not responded to any emails, uh, and we interviewed him because we were blown off by. Ethan Broche, who put on a great set performing for Ingve. Uh, note to Ethan Broche and his band, you guys got to really get your shit together if you want to make it, because you just can't treat press that way. Uh, I understand that you're trying to make five bucks here and there selling your CD, but you know we get 10,000 downloads when we put up a podcast. You probably would have reached a lot more people, but because you're not responding to emails, we have no music to play by Ethan Broche or John Anthony. I actually downloaded uh, a John Anthony song, which I, I think he plays on, which will play after John's interview with John Anthony, which we're going to check out right now. John Anthony, the drummer from Boston. 
here on Talking Metal. Check one, two, check. Okay. Hey, it's John Astronomy here at Irving Plaza with John Anthony, the drummer from Ethan Broche. He did something tonight that I've never seen before, and I'm going to ask him about it right now. He is a right-handed player, but he had his bass drum set up to the left. We talk technical sometimes on Talking Metal. Tonight is one. John Anthony, how are you? Good. How are you, guys? Good to see you. We are doing great, but we are really psyched to see some great musicians and thank you for coming to New York and tell us about the band, tell us about your drumming, tell us about you. Well, that's a lot of information for one start. But uh yeah, I teamed up with Ethan about a month ago. He was looking to hook up and do some touring and uh he called me up. We had met at a, an extreme show backstage, uh knew some of the same people. Next thing you know, he's calling me, What do you think? Wanna go out Ingve? Absolutely. I'm a diehard fan. <laughs> Next thing you know, here we are. So actually we haven't been together more than a few weeks doing this, so it feels good. Yeah. And as far as your uh, instrumentation on the drum kit, that came about because uh, I like my toms nice and low, and I couldn't get the kick drum under there. So I, one day it thought to me, why not use lefty pedals? Same difference, right? So we move it to the left, toms go as low as you want, everybody's happy. And it looks a little silly, and that's a good thing. No, it looks great. It looks awesome. And that is such a great idea. And I guarantee that other people are going to be trying this because – you want the toms to be exactly where you want them to be, but if you put them on top of a kick drum, they're going to be too high. Exactly. Now, you are having your primary pedal with your right foot, but that's linking to play on the pedal that's to the left if you would have a double bass kit. You drummers will know this. That is so insane. You're the first guy I've ever seen do that, man. Oh. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. It's very simple. It's not that difficult, but it's just... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's just common sense. I'm a little guy, you know, and I like the drums nice and low, and and I, you know, that's all there is to it. Yeah, there's another there's another drummer who I'm sure you know named Vinny Apice, who was the first guy that I saw kind of put his kick drum like to the right as if that's it would right. be a double pedal. That's right, absolutely. It's nothing new. It's a lot of guys have done that through the years, you know, and uh, it's just something you know. Stet Holland's a good friend of mine. He he oh, used cool. two extension pedals. Wow. So you can see both these That's going insane. Crazy. And he's a madman. I love him to death. And he used to play for Wasp, and I don't know what he's up to now because he's in Florida, but I know he's touring around the world. He's a madman. And I also play with Dougie Blair, who's from Wasp. We're in a band called Signal to Noise out of Boston. It's a two-piece, very progressive rock, very Zeppelin. But, uh, yeah, I'm really like, I'm loving Ethan. He's a madman. He's nuts. Man. He's great. You're nuts. Your whole band is crazy. Now, Mark and I were from Boston. Now, Tell me, where's the cool bars, like clubs, to see great music in Boston now? Because we haven't been up there for a while. So you and used to be like the Channel and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, the channel. Channel. I used to play the Channel in the 80s, back in the day with Jade. Not to be confused with uh, another Jade, but Talon. Not to be confused with Talus. Okay. Talon, I heard of Talon. Yeah, we used to play there in the mid-80s. Yeah, tear that room up. That was one of my favorite rooms as a Channel, you know? Good old now, dark, grungy rock club, you know? Now, I know the Channel. I know the Paradise. Yeah. I know Narcissus or Narcissus. Yeah. Oh, Narcissus was a great room. Yeah. Is he still there? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, we just played Wilbur last night, actually. The theater. No, I don't know that place. Wilbur Theater in Boston. Oh, man. Where's yeah. that? Now, I know the Orpheum Theater. Oh, the Orpheum's great. I haven't played there myself. Does that still exist? I'm pretty sure it does, but uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Wait, now, where, where are you located now? You're not in Boston anymore? I'm still in Boston. Yeah, I live so, you know near the Comcast Center. You know, uh, cool. it's, which is good. I get to see a lot of great shows when I'm now, not. Now, is that the? You see, we, we need an education. Comcast Center is that the old Boston Garden? No, Mansfield. Oh, Mansfield. That's by. I've been there. Uh, that is where the football stadium is, right? right. Not far from there. 
And I'm a okay. Patriots fan diehard, so oh, cool. it works that out. Whole, there's a complex there now, and let me – I'm going to do an Patriots aside. Place, and, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ace Frilly once made me go to Target, uh, and uh, he didn't necessarily say Target, but he said, get me some stuff, and I, I work for Ace, and this is a thing uh, for the insider talking metal fans. I am not a great driver, and yet I did drive the rental car to Target to buy miscellaneous items. So that's my Mansfield story. And I went back to that entire new complex, which is really nice up there. It's great. It's, it's, it's one and all. You go there, you can do everything you need and leave. Now, what is the rock club there? What is the rock club? Because we played at a rock club. It just closed. Oh, no. it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame. You're talking about, uh, what is it? No, Showcase Live. Yes. And I heard it just closed, which is a bummer. I saw my buddy Doug was in Wash there. They had a great show. That was an amazing venue. It's a great venue, and it's a shame we don't have more of those left. It's like, go support your medal. <laughs> I can't believe that that closed because here we got Irving Plaza, which you're at tonight. And New York has a few cool places. Irving Plaza, Roseland, Best Buy Theater, which used to be the Nokia Theater. And I can't believe one of the greatest venues that I've been at in the Boston area, which I love, has closed. What, what do you think attributes that? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid it has to do with people not supporting enough anymore. And I'm not sure if it's because the economy is in the bucket or maybe there's just a, not enough original-style music left anymore. Too many copycats. Get out there and do your thing. Don't worry about what people say or think. Go do it. Be original. And I think that gets across to the metal fan, I think, anyway. That's my opinion, you know? Now, did you go to Berkeley? I did not. You did not. No. Hung out with so a lot of So you're just a real fans, so. Boston dude who is a kick-ass drummer. And by the way, guys, just you talking about listeners, before you hear the music, you might be listening to this before you hear him play. But here's the deal. He would not be playing with, a, with Ethan if he wasn't, like, one of these insane guys that are, like, a Mike Portnoy or something like that. And that is insane. And Which is my next question. Did you know Mike Portnoy when he was in Boston? Did you know what, – what fans – remember Escape? Yeah, Escape. We used to call him you know, F- I, think I think we'd cross paths a few times. I hung out with Mike at a clinic up in Portland Percussion. I was up in Maine for almost 10 years in a band called Riot Act. And we had a couple of albums, and we charted. So we kind of crossed paths in here. I don't know him personally, but uh, he's a great drummer. He's great. Rob I mean, Bailey, you know him? I do not, no. How about the band In The Pink? How do I know that? That sounds familiar. Whose band was that? You remember that? Yeah. In The Pink was a band that was friends with Extreme. They were a Berkeley band. Was that Troy? Wasn't that band? No, Troy wasn't in In The Pink. In The Pink uh, had a bunch of great guys. and uh, No. <laughs> yeah, they were a good band. They opened up for right. Alana they Miles. Sound they yeah. sound great. No, they were, they were a bunch of great musicians from Berkeley as well. But, but see, here's the deal. I think Boston people just... I swear to God, more than some other cities had a bunch of just killer musicians. Oh, I, I don't agree. know why. Oh, I agree. We got one of the you know the best schools around for first of all, right. and uh, I think a lot of people from around the world come to Boston, talented people to, to study, and I think it's a trickle down effect. They go out in the town, they stop getting into local bands and putting things together, and you have yeah you have some of the best best musicians around. Yeah, you know how about Godsmack? You know any of those guys? I know Sully a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually we. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but when I was in a band with uh, Scott Labby from Uncle Jack, they actually played a, a bill with us up in Maine. Cool. Yeah, that was pretty neat. We got to meet and hang out, and he was, he's a great guy, too. And, uh, yeah, you know, these guys, they're, they're awesome. They're just awesome. You know? Well, you're awesome. Well, thank you. 
Now, Ethan is working on a new record. Will you be in the studio with him, or are you just doing touring with him? You know, right now it's just touring, but we are talking about that as we speak because everything happens so quickly. And uh, the thing about what's happening now is we're really hitting it off, and we're having a great time. Um, learning as we go on the road has been like a blessing in disguise. You know, it was a one-week rehearsal to jam it out quick. We ran out, and we said, you know what, we're all, you know, we feel good about each other as people. The next step, let's get out there and just do it. And the first night was a little rough. We talked about it, cleaned up the messes, and now you get what you get. And we're really happy about it. I'm happy about it. Ethan's happy about it. Um, I love the lineup. Don't know if the lineup's going to stay this way, but uh, we are definitely talking about doing some recording for sure. As a matter of fact, he'll tell you all about it. There's some producers he's got involved. Um, I forget his name, and I'm terribly sorry, but he did a lot of the Aussie Aussie the first three. Max Norman. There it is, Max Norman. And uh, I think we're going to meet up with Max out in Hollywood at the House of Blues, and we're going to talk some shop on that. And uh, he's going to introduce me to Max. I don't know him personally, but I can't wait to meet him. And yeah, we're gonna. I think we're gonna move forward with some stuff for you, sure. You guys yeah. are gonna tear that place apart. I can't wait. And Without I, you know, and I lived out in Hollywood twice in the last fifteen years. Oh, okay. so I got family and friends out there. So yeah. my my last leg of the tour is you know House of Blues. I got a hotel at the Grafton. Come on down. We'll oh, get I crazy. I just stayed at the Grafton. Here it is. It's a beautiful. You know, I love the retro feel in there. It's it's yeah. old school Hollywood. There's I love no it. More bar there. So you got to go, go to yeah. the Rainbow Room, right, baby. Right, yeah. You know, and then maybe the Geisha House with some sushi. <laughs> There you go. So Max Norman, by the way, for you Talking Metal listeners, uh, of course, did Blizzard of Oz. He yes. did uh, Diary of a Madman, as well as some of the Megadeth records. So he is uh, actually, uh, you know, a heavy metal royalty, I would call Max Max Absolutely. Norman, definitely. So good luck with that. Thanks. We uh, we are just uh, very excited to be talking with you. And great set. And uh, very cool that you guys are on tour with Engve. Let's talk about Engve. Uh, any Engve memories you can share with us or any stories for, even from this tour you can share with us? Nothing more than, but he's been very sweet. He really is. And uh, I can't say any more about his playing. It speaks for itself. Right. You know, the, the godfather of shred, I call him. And uh, he's been great. He's been very accommodating. His whole crew has been accommodating, making us feel really good. And I'm having a blast, really. For me as a drummer, it's been awesome watching you play. And I even, hey, John, I told Mark, I said, man, I would just love to play on that kit with that PA, and it sounds awesome. And, but you sounded great. Thank you. And uh, thanks for doing this interview. And uh, we hope to hook up with you again in the future when you're back in New York or when we're out in the road somewhere where you are, man. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, guys. Thank you very much.
Hey, that was a little music by John Anthony and his band Signal 2 Noise, which is at s2nusa.com. Thanks, John Anthony, for doing the interview. Yeah, I assume John is playing on that track because, uh, again, he mentioned that Signal 2 Noise was his other band. But honestly, because I can't get in touch with John or Ethan or anybody for that matter, uh, who knows. Uh, but I assume that's his, him drumming on that song. And, uh, yeah, I did that, that night. Ethan Broche actually left me a message on my cell phone after I sent Chip a scathing email saying the guy freaking blew us off. I, I'm sure Chip was like, what the fuck, and called Ethan. And, like, 1 a.m., I had some message like, oh, sorry, I missed the uh, interview. Sorry, I missed you guys. I was hoping to do an interview with you guys. And I guess he just figured we were going to hang out for four hours uh, at Irving Plaza waiting for him to, to come back. Uh, but, Ethan... Get your shit together, and when you get your shit together, give us a call. We'll give you a proper interview on Talking Metal, because you are a great guitar player. So, (laughs) um, you know what it is? is Maybe people, when they're out on the road, just think that, like you said, everybody's just going to hang there for the entire night. And basically, in New York, you know, people have lives and families, and people live two hours away or an hour away, and sometimes it's, you know... To go to a gig, it's like a big deal, and you got to make all these different plans, and and then. But I guarantee, if Eddie Trunk would have been standing there when he came off the stage, he would have fucking done the interview right away. <laughs> he probably didn't fucking know that Talking Metal actually does have a little clout. No, nothing compared to Eddie, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm pissed about it. John, John's being the nice guy, but I, I, I was thoroughly annoyed by uh, by by Ethan Broche. Having said that, I look forward to hearing his next record. Uh, hopefully, John Anthony, the drummer, is playing on it because John Anthony is a, he was a great drummer, man. Cool. Absolutely. So, hey, hey Mark, I got some metal news, and uh, there was one song I was thinking of playing. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. And this song has to do with an incident that happened to me the other day. Where do you want to hear, the metal news first or the incident? Uh, the incident. And by the way, I heard about an incident involving you which I'm going to talk to you about, which uh, we may even have to edit out of the podcast if it turns out being bad. But uh, people are talking about astronomy, as usual. Uh, but go with your... Uh, Give me a hint. The police were, like, talking to you in L.A. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Should I say it? Yeah, you can. So go, go for your news first, and then I'll tell you the rumor that I heard about you. It involves the police... It involves Los Angeles, uh, the LAX airport. You, you know what's so funny? Is the LAX police incident, we will definitely get back to that one. But uh, there was an incident involving me and the police at LAX. And uh, I'll just leave it at that for now. We'll come back to that. Cool. What do you got? Me- metal news? Yeah, metal news. Okay. I'm trying to be a responsible talking metal guy and coming up with some metal news. Okay, on the lighter note, still serious, um, but not as serious as one of these news bits I'm going to get to. Eric Avery, formerly of uh, Jane's Addiction, has left Nine Inch Nails. And the reason is, is that they got a lot of stuff coming up, and he just felt it was the right thing to do to, to step aside and, and let Trent, who's his good friend, get somebody else in there that's uh, going to be able to really commit to a couple-of-year tour. So uh, good news is is that uh, everybody's still friends, and it sounds like uh, Eric just uh, really wasn't able to commit to uh, a tour that was going to last a couple of years. So that's news bit one. 
And a great bass player. I saw him with uh, Jane's Addiction. I, I saw him actually with Garbage playing. And I feel like I saw him with somebody else. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I just recently saw Trent Reznor uh, and his wife did a gig, not as Nine Inch Nails, but they did a gig out in uh, Montclair, New Jersey, which was just incredible and a lot of fun. Very cool. So, uh, news bit number two. Black Sabbath was on CSI last night. I heard that. I did not see it. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that if you go to uh, CBS.com, that entire episode is uh, available for viewing. And they play the new song called End of the Beginning, and that's from the new album, which you guys, I'm sure, know is called 13, and it's coming out on June 11th. Excellent. Can't wait to hear that. Okay. Third news bit. Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying is, I think, in jail at the moment because he apparently was trying to hire somebody to kill his wife. Or yeah, yeah, I heard about that. That's that's fucking crazy. Yeah, It's totally crazy. And they, as a result, the band, As I Lay Dying, has pulled out of the Kill Switch Engage tour, which obviously, I mean, unless they're going to get another singer, but, but uh, I mean, he's in jail uh, with a couple of million dollars bail, and uh, if he happens to make the bail and gets out, he still has to wear like a GPS thing, and he's ordered by the judge to just stay away from his family. Because uh, the prosecution has said that he's still hell-bent on trying to kill his wife. Of course, that's what the prosecution says. And, like, I want to clarify that this is just allegedly happening. So we're not saying he's guilty of it. Uh, We're just saying allegedly there have been charges that he was trying to uh, hire somebody to kill his wife. Crazy times, definitely. I mean, that's just a... If you're going to hire somebody to kill somebody... Just beware, talking about the listeners, that they're probably undercover cops. You know, yeah, it's like, I'm sure there's actual assassins out there, but just uh, stupid people. I'm sorry, the guy is stupid. You know, now I just want to make sure nobody hires anybody to kill us. (laughs) (laughs) I could actually think of a few people out there who uh, might consider that. But, uh, so don't do it. You actually might be talking to an undercover cop. And I was just saying allegedly. I'm not saying it's definite. Okay, guess what? Now you want to hear about the incident? Yeah. Great incident. Okay, it's a classic astronomy incident. I'm walking down 42nd Street in the daytime, like three days ago. And I have snakeskin boots on. Not real flashy ones, but just black snakeskin. And, you know, my pants are over the boots. So, you know, nobody can even tell that they're snakeskin. Except... I'm walking, and I'm on the phone, and suddenly I get stopped in my tracks, and I can't move my foot. So I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? I look down. There was a rat on my foot. Oh, shit. Fuck. A live rat. Now, what's weird is that rats don't usually like to walk around the New York streets in the daytime, but this one did, and it was on my foot. And I don't know. I thought snakes ate rats, but maybe this rat... Thought my foot was a snake. I don't know, but anyway, I was like yelling "fuck" real loud, and all these like business people were like freaking out, and I was like kicking the rat, and like literally, it was stuck on my foot, and like I kicked it, and it flew over, and then 
And then it ran and it was hanging and like there was this family and it was like in their feet and I'm like, there's a rat in your fucking foot. And, and like they didn't even seem to care. I don't know what that was all about because most people were like freaking out. But this one group of people, maybe, you know what I think it is now? They didn't understand what I was saying. I think that's what it was. Maybe they didn't speak English. And when I was yelling, there's a rat on your foot, they didn't, they didn't know. So then I get my camera out. I'm trying to photograph the rat. And just as I hit the button... The rat found a hole in the sidewalk and went in. Holy shit. Rat and roll. Uh, man. Yeah, speaking of rats, I just bought Stephen Piercy's new book. Came out last week. Looking forward to reading that. He was on Eddie Trunk talking uh, a lot about uh, some of the stories in the book. And, um, you know, he calls Jakey Lee, you know, like I always call Jakey Lee, Jakey Lee. He calls him Jakey. Jakey. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's, you know, because Ozzy would always call him Jakey Lee or, or Jake, I've heard Ozzy say. But, but, but Stephen Piercy calls him Jakey. You know what? If, you know, all these rock and roll memories might be, you know, all jumbled up in my head. But for some reason, I thought his name, his real name might have been Jakey Williams, like J-A-K-E-Y and then Williams. Yeah. But... But you know what the funniest thing is? I always thought Zach Wilde's real name was Zach Adams, which which is totally untrue. His name is Jeff. So, um, you know, Jakey Williams, I gotta, we got to look that up. Definitely, definitely. Cool. I uh, wanted to announce a big announcement. The live stream has returned to TalkingMetal.com. You can now go listen to great quality streaming music handpicked by myself, John Astronomy and uh, Victor Ruiz over in Spain. We're going to have a John Astronomy uh, ID going, which I'm going to record shortly. I don't know if you know that. but um, <laughs> And we're going to have different blocks. We'll have like the Talking Metal block, which will have great music handpicked by John and I, uh, and old podcast episodes rerunning in streaming format. We will also have Mars Attacks and, and, and Victor blocks, Victor Ruiz blocks happening all on uh, right now the name of the stream is Mark Striegel Media uh, it's on Live 365 if you have the Live 365 uh, app on your phone it sounds great I was listening to it in my car the other day and was blown away by how great the quality is um, so download Live 365 app for your iPhone and also go to TalkingMetal.com and listen to our player yeah, a lot of cool stuff on TalkingMetal.com we need to get some traffic <laughs> going to this site uh, we're still the number one hard rock heavy metal podcast on iTunes, but um, met with a consultant this week who basically told me that hardly anybody visits TalkingMetal.com. So do yourself a favor and go visit TalkingMetal.com. We're going to start adding uh, more photos and more cool content for you to check out. Excellent, guys. Excellent. Um, so, Mark, in honor of my uh, rat incident, and that was not my first rodent uh, run-in. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I told you about the time I was in a bar in Jersey City, and uh, this girl dropped her hair scrunchie, and I went down to pick it up for her, and I picked up a what I, I was calling a dead mouse, but maybe it was a small rat. I don't know. But um, that was weird. I go, this hair scrunchie feels a little squishy. I'm not looking at it. And I hand the girl the thing, and here I'm holding the freaking like dead mouse in my hand. How crazy is that? And then I had to fumigate my hand, and I like all freaked out. I called Ace up. What, that, how weird is that? Like the first person I called, uh, I touched the rat was Ace, and he was like, "Oh, you'll be all right." But anyway, I was like all freaked out. So, 
anyway, I, there's there's a couple of songs that, and and also you know we were talking about Rat, but Rat is a great band that I love. But found a couple of other tunes that uh, don't have anything to do with the band Rat um, that are, are um, you know that have something to do with the name Rat. Okay. Okay. Now, rat salad. Oh, oh, that's a great song, Rat Salad. Oh, see, we had to just do a podcast with all these different Rat songs. So, that, you know, what do you got? What do you got? Okay. I got two different songs. I got, I got the the song. Now, the title of the song doesn't have a, the Rat in it, but uh, the album is called Venomous Rat Regeneration Vendor. It's a new Rob Zombie. Have you heard that? I heard the one track off the record, which I liked. Dead City Radio and the New Gods of Supertown. I was thinking, okay, we can play that, or. We can play um, a song by Richie Conson uh, from a, a record I discovered on iTunes that features a lot of great guitar players. Like uh, it's called um, Guitar Attitudes Heroes. Came out in 2002. Has 15 songs. Some of the people that are on the album are Chris Poland, ex Megadeth, uh, Jakey e. Lee, Brad Gillis, George Lynch, John Norm, Paul Gilbert, Steve Lukather, uh, St- Steve Stevens. Um, but he he covered the song Rats in the Cellar by Aerosmith. Cool. Let's do them both. We'll do the Rob Zombie song, a uh, little sound sample of that, followed by a little sound sample of the Richie Cotson song. And we will have links up in today's show notes where you can go and click on that link. It will open up your iTunes, take you directly to the songs. You can buy them. And we get a few pennies back on those purchases. And it's great to support the artists that we love. So uh, take it away, Rob Zombie.
Hey guys, that was a double sound sample of the new Rob Zombie song, as well as a cool cover by Richie Kotzen. Uh, both have an indirect link to rats, and as you know, I just had a run-in with a rat in New York City. And uh, speaking of, uh, Mark mentioned the great song Rat Salad. Um, in my eighth grade recital at school, um, I hooked up with my friend Mike and his brother Matt and uh, our other really good friend named Jack, and we covered Rat Salad. And I did a drum, you know, the, of course, the drum solo in there, but that was like such a great tune. But I uh, played that in eighth grade in the school gym of Wimber Area High School. Cool. Well, we'll end with that. I don't know if I've even told you, I've been having these back issues. I was in the emergency room over the the uh, the weekend. I, some of you guys know on my Facebook page I was posting about it. Uh, still dealing with them. Feel a little better this week. I'm pumped up on a bunch of nice painkillers. Uh, but uh, went to the doctor again yesterday. I got to go tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Apparently I have a slip disc that's uh, pinching a nerve. So uh, hopefully we'll avoid back surgery, but I'll definitely keep you guys posted on that. And in the meantime, keep rocking with Talking Metal. We're going to end with a little rat salad. Support us by making a PayPal donation. Support us by listening to the stream. Believe it or not, when you listen to that live 365 stream on TalkingMetal.com, that actually helps us. Uh, I'll explain more later in a future episode. But that actually helps us. we got T-shirts for sale. We have Amazon links that open up your Amazon where you can go make a purchase of, of whatever product you want somewhere. Right now, some listener is about to buy something on Amazon. What, you, what I'm asking you to do is just don't go to Amazon.com. Go to TalkingMetal.com. Go to today's show notes. Use the open Amazon link. It puts you right in Amazon. You go find your product. It's the same exact price. The only thing that happens is John and I get a little kickback on that, which will help pay for a $250 phone patch I just bought. It helps pay for the live streams. And, uh, guys, I guess the big news is I think Talking Metal Live is coming back. That's going to be great, guys. We're going to start doing it from the Silver Spacecraft. We're going to do some from Mark's Place. And uh, we're just going to bring back the live show, which was so cool because we could interview, like, a bunch of different guys and, you know, all on one long three-hour show. And, uh, uh, you know, we don't have all the details of how long it's going to be and all that kind of stuff, but we will definitely keep you posted. And, you know, Mark, we're going to revisit that uh, LAX police incident. Uh, but let's just say uh, after getting off the plane, um, uh, there was uh, some interaction with the police, and I hung out with them for a little while, and uh, I, I felt that I needed a bodyguard. Okay. All right. You'll have to tell me more about that off <laughs> off uh, mic here. But, yeah, my neighbor was on the flight with you, my neighbor. She was like, I was on a flight, and John was on the flight out to L.A., and I was on the same flight. And uh, what happened after the after the flight was over? There was police all around him, and he was standing in LAX. And I my immediate uh, thought, and you can fill me in <laughs> what really happened as soon as I turned the mic off, but was that you're always down with the police. You always, I always see. I mean, you're like a pro police guy, and uh, all I could figure is you were just like chatting them up. The other the other uh, incident I had flashed through my head was like. Uh, Alec Baldwin, uh, they were telling you to turn off your video game and you wouldn't or something like that. But I'll, I'll find out uh, the real details and uh, 
probably never let you guys know. All right, so <laughs> here's rat salad.